Hey, just a quick note before we start this episode, we had some unfortunate mic quality issues on our guest end. We're thankful to our friend Scrimps who took the audio file and got it to a place where we felt comfortable with it. There is some static in some places, so we apologize for this and hope you enjoyed the episode. Hey everyone, so we're back with uh, the final episode of the first season of Folsom Transmissions. So um, we are actually not recording this episode last, but it'll be the last one that we're releasing. Um, we've had some difficulties uh, scheduling a little bit, so um, but today we have a very special guest, and, and for the season finale of the first season, we really wanted to have someone from the arms community that was sort of like well known and sort of from like the you know the, the era of arms when it was a lot more active. And um, that guest today is uh, Gormagala. So most people probably know um, of Gormagala. Um, he's been a friend of both radio and myself. Um, he's definitely one of the, the best and most well-known competitive arms players out there. Um, you know, he's just really also a very friendly individual and we've gotten to know Gore uh, for you know, well over a few, like basically two years now. And we're just really glad that um, we have him on board. So thanks again, Gore, for, for agreeing to be on the show. We're really glad to have you here for the season finale. And I guess starting out, we also wanted to talk about now. So you recently graduated with your bachelor's degree in criminal justice. And we were just hoping that you would kind of tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now. I know that you're uh, interning um, somewhere. So just start out by telling us a little bit about that. Yeah, so sure. Um, well, I first want to start by saying, you know, thank you for inviting me over. It's a pleasure to kind of reunite with you guys and kind yeah. of get, re- you know, acquainted with the community again. As for what I'm up to right now, um, I did recently graduate in April, I believe, of this year, and since then, I've been focusing on studying for my ELSA. I already took it once, and mm-hmm. I'm finding out. I'm finding out what I got on it on Monday, so hopefully, I don't oh, know. Yeah, okay. But you know, because law schools, they usually are supposed to apply like in the spring, and you could only join them in the in the fall. Mm-hmm. I'm taking advantage of this like little in between period by like going on an internship, getting experience. I'm interning. I'm, I'm interning in a law firm right now, so it's okay. kind of like cool to be able to, you know, work on cases and make little like packets of like documents and stuff like that. It's really yeah. interesting working with clients, but it could also be kind of sad sometimes because you know, things don't always work out, and it's just you know, it's pretty pretty heavy sometimes. Yeah, I can I can imagine. I mean, are you working on sort of a broad range of? cases like with the, is there a certain uh practice that the firm specializes in or yeah, our, our, our firm specializes in, in immigration so okay. a lot of times oh, wow. you know people don't like get here illegally and something yeah work on, like you know so and they're like you know they're kind people with like families and stuff like that but it's like sometimes you can only do so much and yeah you know, it's hard sometimes I can, I, yeah, I, I totally understand. I remember, um, mm-hmm. so back when I was going to my, my university, we, um, the area where my university was at, um, does have like a large, um, like immigrant, um, like not, not necessarily like a huge issue, but there are a lot of legal immigrants living in the city. So we talked to, um, someone from the city talking about like how they're helping a lot of these people either to, you know, get their, get their cards legally or what processes can be done to help them out. And yeah, it's, it's difficult, especially like when you're dealing in the thick of that, um, you empathize with these clients that you're helping and it, it's not easy to, to kind of go through a lot of the time. Yeah. So, um, well, that's good. And I, I also wanted mm-hmm. to sort of ask, you know, what kind of got you in? The criminal justice compared to some of the other um, fields you could have gone into and you know um you know what what kind of piqued your interest well, honestly it's basically because i just had to choose something yeah you know, 
I'm the type of guy that, you know, wants to learn about a little bit of everything, so at first I thought, oh, maybe, you know, like, I'll be, you know, something related to science or biology or, like, oceanography and things of that nature, but at the same time, I've always been interested in, in like, law and, like, government and, like, everything, like, how that works. I started, like, in sixth grade when I took mm-hmm. civics. When I, when I first took civics, it was, like, I was learning about, like, the three branches of government and, like, the way that, uh, the, you know, the United States was founded, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, and I'm like, this is so cool because this is, like, where everything that we live under is, like, based on, you know? Yeah. And just learning about, like, the ideology of, like, why the things exist, it's like, wow, it's awesome. And then eventually I took, like, you know, law studies classes and learning about specific laws and, you know, why they're made and how they work. It's just, I mean, it's like really, really cool how everything kind of just, like, mixes and intertwines together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand that. I mean, I, again, I'm the field that I chose because I, I graduated with my degree in math, but it was sort of like I had to choose something and I was good at math. And I but I loved learning about like a, a large variety of subjects. I mean, I, I still enjoy like I took a lot of weird classes when I was going to college because I took some classes in high school and you kind of got like the bottom of the barrel in terms of what classes uh, had slots open. So I took like... Mm-hmm criticism of film and tv and like a political science class and like a environmental science class and it was <laughs> there was some weird stuff but yeah. I, I mean it is sort of to a certain extent like you just kind of gotta go in and, and dive into something and um hopefully you develop sort of a passion for it because i mean if you're not enjoying what you're doing it it makes things infinitely harder especially when you get older and are trying to make, have a career yeah, exactly. Especially like with jobs like these, because like everybody always talks about like how lawyers make a lot of money and stuff, and like all mm-hmm. that, like you know, like that does happen sometimes. A lot of the times, it's just like you make like you know as much money as like an ordinary job. A lot of the yeah. time, so it's like to deal with all that stress and like all that things. Like you really have to have like a love for what you do. I'd say. Yeah, yeah I get that. Yeah. I mean. I think like I think the same way in terms of like how I want to live my life is I want to make like enough money to be able to provide for my family and I but I also mm-hmm. want to make sure that I'm doing something that I'm I care about and something mm-hmm. that like brings me a certain level of happiness cuz like mm-hmm. that matters way more to me than being extremely well well off and having yeah. a ton of money like you know and ha- also yeah. having some time to spend with like friends and family Mm-hmm. For me, as long as I'm like financially stable and fine, I don't care about like the luxury. Or the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I still eat ramen for lunch, so <laughs> I'm not. I'm not living yeah. the life of luxury necessarily a lot of the time. I'm yeah, sorry, that is too. the best lunch you could have. <laughs> so, well, I, I found out recently um, that Radio, uh, you, you seem a little bit biased towards ramen, considering like who you play. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Totally I found. Normal. I found out though that uh, that Nissan uh, makes cup noodles now that have like extra veggies crammed in, so it's it's so delicious. So I've been eating those like a lot for lunches, and they're only a dollar, which is I mean in my mind is a pretty economical way to eat your lunches. But uh, I mean I, I I can't knock like chicken nuggets and uh, ramen. I know I know you love chicken nuggets. I still eat chicken nuggets like once or <laughs> twice a week. It's like my go to. I remember that those memes of like the ten bees. And- <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of memes. Yes, for any listeners who don't know, there was like a long-standing meme in the arms community of Gore has just always really liked nuggets, and he's always expressed that to the community. And we just we would always. 
uh, meme about nuggets. And I remember like I would I would I remember a couple times I think I sent pictures to Gore of like me buying chicken nuggets because like it was just uh, it made me think of Gore. Uh, <laughs> which was we, fun. We, we'd all meet up and like the offlines and stuff and like I'd just be there eating like chicken tenders or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean and when you're just, just staring when you're, at me. When you're traveling though and like you're at like different venues for tournaments there's usually not a lot of food options and like i feel like chicken nuggets or chicken tenders are like the, mm. the few things you can find a lot of the time everybody was like not upset with me but they're like because we went to japan twice and both of the times i went to japan i pretty much did not eat any japanese food at all <laughs> <laughs> so were you just going to mcdonald's and getting chicken yes. nuggets yes basically <laughs> we went to like the Japanese like McDonald's, Burger King's, KFC's, and I'm just like, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember. <laughs> I do remember the arms community posting like a lot of the videos and like pictures of them in Japan, mm-hmm. and I don't remember any of those pictures at the sushi restaurants having you in them. Like I think that <laughs> I think that while this was going on, you were probably going and stuffing eating, my face. <laughs> yeah, stuffing your face with American fast food. <laughs> That's awesome. But dude, it was funny because in in Japan, it's like the the large or like mediums. In, yeah. So it's like I would be like, oh, can I have a large fry? And they give me like a small like, like you know. <laughs> and I'm like, what's this? That's like, oh no, the portions are they're all wrong over here. <laughs> that's that's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. And, I mean, what was what were some of your highlights from the trips though to Japan? Because I mean. I mean, day, like, I mean, everything. <laughs> it must have been crazy for you, though, because at that point, yeah. like, you were, like, I mean. I never expected to go to Japan. Like, it's always been, like, a pretty big dream. And it's like, wow. Because, you know, Japan, because also, like, I grew up with, like, lots of anime and stuff like that. So, yeah. I've had, like, a lot of, like, Japanese influence. I'm like, wow, it'd be cool to just, like, go there and see what it's like. And it's great because, like, everybody there is super nice. They were so cute because, like, they were all very accepting and happy. Uh-huh. Of, like, you know, of everybody who went there. Yeah, and, um, and just like the sights and everything, because we went to like, we took um, bullet trains, we went to like mountains and stuff like that. It was oh, that's really awesome. Place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that is a cool experience because I mean, um, for listeners, so Gore and a lot of the other arms community from both Europe and North America um, flew out for Evo Japan. I think it was was it Evo Japan twenty eighteen? I think that was the first one. Why even twenty seventeen? Yeah, I think it was, uh, yeah, so it was like in January. So I think it was Evo 2018, and at that point, uh, I mean, I think you were you were sponsored with by a ST, STX at that time, right? Yeah, but I think both of the times uh, Nintendo invited me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were you had you had the end there, and um, I th- that was such a cool experience, though. I mean, like to think that, especially with a, a new IP that Nintendo put out, thinking that you'd be like able to go to Japan. Yeah. And playing the tournament, crazy. Let, let alone Nintendo themselves, like yeah, inviting me. Yeah, and you got to meet. I mean, you got you got to meet the man himself, uh, Mr. Yabuki, which is <laughs> yeah, insane. He signed my Switch and my controllers and everything. I still have the signatures here with me. It's yeah, that's such a good memory to have. Yeah. Um, that's great, and I think. Um, also, I mean, I guess going off of that, though, I know from I also saw a video that your dad posted of you when you were like two or three, I think, playing <laughs> playing the Nintendo 64 and you were yeah. just like kind of screaming like Mario uh, the TV, which is really funny. It was really cute. And 
Um, so I guess like you've always been a Nintendo fan. I mean, probably similar to me because I've always been a huge fan of the game, uh, the game company. And I guess we want we've been asking guests, and I kind of wanted to get your take on like what are your like top five games of all time, and like sort of what what kind of memories from those do you have? Man, that's hard, dude. <laughs> like I know like a few. Like there's obviously Xenoblade Chronicles, the original. Mm-hmm. That's like the best game I've ever played, and will probably okay. always be my favorite. So okay, no, but like you know that recent Nintendo Direct when when yeah. they revealed it. Like it was just like a black screen, but I heard like the first note of the main theme. I actually, was, <laughs> I screamed in my car because I was like on my way home, and I'm like, ah, it was so great. That's <laughs> awesome. Know, that game has so many like, you know, the music and you know just the story and everything. I love how like it had twists and turns. Those was definitely mm-hmm. one of my favorite games. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was younger, Monster Hunter Try was like the first oh, yeah, um, yeah. Monster Hunter that like I got into it because a friend of mine, like back in the day, he was like a blind friend and I would like help him out like in school and stuff. So he, mm-hmm. so for my birthday, he he got me Monster Hunter Try because it was like because I, I was like you know like wow this game looks so cool. I was like watching the trailers from it, uh-huh. and then it's just like it was it's was so nostalgic. I love that game even though it's like the smallest monster hunter i think there was only like 18 monsters in that whole yeah game. it wasn't that large yeah it's just like i remember like the online aspect and like mm-hmm. communicating with other people and like you know just the the way it all worked it was really really nice for me i just loved it i remember like at night just like the atmosphere of like being in that game lobby and like hearing yeah that music, like it, it was awesome I remember that with um, it. Was, I don't know if you ever played the Fantasy Star, um, it's Fantasy Star series at all. But I remember when I was younger, I, yeah. So on the PSP, I had Fantasy Star Online Portable Two, and I do remember like that it had like full game lobbies with online players, and you could you could chat even though you had like a crappy keyboard on the PSP. Um, yeah. But those memories, kind of growing up, like um, of just like being late night talking to people online, just like playing games in bed or whatever like mm-hmm. i think that uh, talking to some some of the other people we've had on the show about like their favorite games it seems like a lot of games will mark like periods in your life or like mm-hmm. certain like encapsulate um like feel like you know feelings that you had going mm-hmm. through your head and, and that's really great so mm-hmm. i think i think you've listed two do you i mean you don't have to go with mm-hmm. a full five yeah. but the um, metroid the metroid prime series i've always loved okay. metroid prime series yes. <laughs> just like the exploration aspect and you know the lore i just i've always loved you know prime and everything like that yeah so i remember i remember growing up with like the wii and like playing metroid prime 3 which is uh-huh. like every, everybody rags on metroid prime 3 for some reason but like i, I really liked it but 2 was probably my favorite because it was like super dark and it was like slightly survival-ish because it's like you're in like this strange planet everything's like so mysterious Mm-hmm. I, I just love the whole atmosphere when it comes to those games. Okay. That's. I remember on during the Wii U. This was a bit later on, but like it's also it's like I don't know, like four four plus years. When did the Wii U come out? Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Yeah. So it's like, it was, it's like seven years. Yeah. Oh, that's seven years ago. Yeah. Oh, I'm so. I'm so <laughs> old. <laughs> that's okay. We're we're all getting older. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think like Black Ops Two came out with it when it came out, so I I would yeah. play Black Ops Two, and that's like still my favorite Call of Duty game. And play like you know online and play with uh-huh. people. And, like I just love that game so much. It was you know definitely the most memorable, and the story was awesome. Just mm-hmm. you know, 
so that's why we like that too. And okay, for a fifth one, I guess one that we maybe we could all agree on is Fire Emblem Awakening. That was oh yeah, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Very, very great game. It's like the first the first Fire Emblem I played. I'm pretty sure, and the story was amazing. Just like the strategy involved was great. It's like chess, but better. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally understand that analogy. That's, yeah, I mean, I also think it's different because, like, for some of my, like some of my favorite games, it's kind of weird. But I think like having a game portable or on a console mm-hmm. can actually like impact the experience you have with it a lot. Mm-hmm. Because when you like are talking about some of these games, like uh, Fire Emblem Awakening, compared to like um, compared to Xenoblade Chronicles, when you're originally mm-hmm. playing that, like if you're playing it portable, like I played Fire Emblem Awakening, like um, mm-hmm. in between classes at university, I remember just like sitting mm-hmm. in, sitting in the hallways and like playing Fire Emblem Awakening and going through like a bunch of d- different extra maps. Um, and then with like console games, like you're sitting down, you might like mm-hmm. curl up with like a coffee or something at night and just like have that experience of being in front of the TV. And yeah. um, it's look, looking back on that can be like, it's really, mm-hmm. really fun. And also arms, I mean, like the late night yeah. arms lobbies over the years have been really <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's pretty much part of the appeal for the Switch, especially because I have both a uh, Switch and the PS4 right now. And yeah. especially since like after I started working, it's like some days I come back home at like, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine, depending on how like much work I had or whatever. And it's like, as much as I love Monster Hunter and like Monster Hunter World, I'm like, do I want to sit down and turn this thing on? And, yeah. You know, like, I get that. And, yeah. And take up that time. That's so I see why like a lot of people for the Switch is like it's easy to like access. It's right there. It's like instant. You could go ahead and maybe like play it for like you know fifteen minutes and you're done with it. Stuff like that. So. Yeah. It just, seen, it just really depends. No, it does. And I've seen mm-hmm. developers like releasing mobile games or like sort of bite-sized games on the switch because of that like i know the new kirby clash game seems to be sort of like that mobile game format where it's meant for sort of short uh sessions and that's the beauty of the Mm -hmm. switch is you can have this the large scale um console games like breath of the wild or mario odyssey where you'll sit down for hours or you can play like sort of Mm bite-sized games as well yeah that's great. And do you have any mm-hmm. like particularly nostalgic moments, um, in, you know, uh, uh, in gaming growing up, or like any specific like uh, time periods for you? Yeah, probably that Monster Hunter one. Monster Hunter Strive was definitely because I was like super young at the time, and you know, just like learning how to like you know play games and just like interact with people and you know just stuff like that was really interesting. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing with Black Ops Two because that's like more competitive. Because you know, Monster Hunter is more cooperative. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, dealing with people who are like you know, like trash talking you or whatever. Yeah, like, really. yeah, that <laughs> could like, be that could be stressful. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then something like Xenoblade, just in general, being like a single player experience, like it's just like it could move you like emotionally and like you know psychologically in a way because it's like oh, like you could you could learn from this. You could you know maybe you could get something out of it so i absolutely really appreciate like because like gaming is also i see it a bit as an art form yeah it's like there's so much that you could like learn and you can get from them that it's just you know they, they can really live, leave, leave an impact on you and it's silly because like for example when i when i go to work in the morning a lot of the times i just play like 
like memorable like video game music that's like sad like, yeah yeah I'm, I'm talking like like the grandma's theme from from wind waker i'm not sure if oh, no. <laughs> yes 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 i'm very familiar that, <laughs> that makes me sad just talking about it yeah where she's like you know she's all like missing you when she can't even recognize you it's just like super sad and so like yeah that. yeah or or another one is like from super mario galaxy rosalina's storybook oh yeah <laughs> No, it's just yeah, like yeah. super sad. Yeah. And stuff like yeah. that. And and it's just like almost every time I end up like crying to them because it's just like they leave so many like memories in your head. Yeah. You know, of like, you know, the the good old days and like the nostalgia of like, wow, you know, this was just such a great moment in my life and stuff like that. And like I'm glad I was able to experience what this, you know, art piece had to offer. You know? Yeah. It's just it's great. I feel, yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, I've talked to mm-hmm. my wife a lot about this too, in terms of like, especially with what you can do with video games. It's like this beautiful uh, thing that combines so many different elements of art. I mean, you have music, sound design, graphics, and you can tell such compelling stories in a way that I think you can't necessarily even get in like a television show because when you're playing the game, like you act it's, as the yeah, driving like force. Firsthand. Yeah, you're impacting the story and it's, it's, it can lead to, I think, more powerful moments when you've gone through that experience and you've, you've felt like you've gone through that experience mm-hmm. with the characters. Or like another like memorable thing from Mario Galaxy, which I'm sure like everybody's heard. I think it's like Gusty Garden Galaxy or like Dusty Garden Galaxy. Uh-huh. Where it's like, you know, where it's like, do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. And you know the one <laughs> yeah yeah like the the opening like yeah like the grand I, scene yeah. I, I think it's like the first galaxy you like enter in the in the whole game and it's just like so grandiose it's like an orchestra and it's just like i feel like it just like impacts people you know i, I highly recommend yeah. that, pe- that people search up the gusty garden theme because like yes. my <laughs> my uh you know singing to it <laughs> It, 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 it might not it do it justice. Yes, it does not do it justice. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. I, I I think back on like I remember. I think uh, well, especially uh, Mario Galaxy One and also Mario Galaxy Two. I remember like I still remember those opening shots of pl- opening the game up for the first time, and it was just like this this mind blowing mm-hmm. experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah. Well, I think on, on that note, we will, um, we're going to take a short little break and then we will come back for the, the second half of the episode. We're back with the second half of the episode. Uh, during the episode, we were sharing a lot of video game music and crying a little bit at some of the sad songs that we found from games in our past. There's a lot of Metroid Prime, and uh, I posted, I shared some Chrono Trigger stuff. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't forget Persona as well. Oh, yeah, the Persona music is also really sad, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we had we just had a great discussion about how impactful like video game and like the whole product and also the music component of it is to to the overall mm-hmm. vibe and uh yeah geez that's it's mm-hmm. crazy um so i guess gore we're gonna kind of go into the second half of the show and mm-hmm. so I, I mean a lot of this can i think can be intertwined with with 
um, the discussion about like video games is the mentality aspect. And we're kind of just going to, you know, I don't think a lot of people have heard sort of how you got into the arms game. And then also, you know, kind of what you were dealing with um, as you were sort of rising to like sort of the top tier of players and like how that impacted you and what you were, you know, how you dealt with sort of one, like the publicity that you were getting in the community and like being known as like a top player and, and sort of what helped you get through that. So I guess starting out with sort of the second half, you know, um, kind of how did you get into um, the community? You know, what, what kind of piqued your interest in arms? And we'll kind of, you know, just sort of take it from there and delve into it. Mm-hmm. Well, I started by uh, playing like the the test punches or like the demos that they that they gave, and I just really liked the game. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I just ended up buying it. I'm like, well, I, I really like this game a lot. And I just, you know, uh, I started doing ranked, and I wanted to like get better. I found it fun and pretty easy to get into. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, it just went from there. Like, I don't remember like the specific point that it happened. I mean, you know, just I just kept on playing, and like I'd post on Reddit or whatever, and then like I joined the the community and stuff like that, and just like you know, like a very like gradual process. Yeah, and I I'd, like, talk to like other like really good players and learn from them and things like that. I remember like the very very early days instead of like double toaster i was using like double sparky because everybody was like oh electricity is op <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> funny. Um, as for the the mentality aspect it's like really really hard and there's like a lot of tension because mm-hmm. it's like when you're seen as like really good like a lot of times people want to like fight you they don't like respect you as much and stuff like that yeah and there's like a there's you have like a lot of uh pressure to do well yeah but like from everybody because everybody's like looking at you and, and it's funny because this reminds me of like a quote that uh my uh my boss at work says because she's an attorney and she's like when it comes to attorneys then people either do two things they're either um at your feet or at your throat and it's like basically the same thing applies to, to like to that i would say people either like you know are like really nice to you or like you know really good or they just want to like basically like throw you away and like you know be done with you and like you know uh, overcome you basically mm-hmm. so it just depends yeah no mm-hmm. and i mean so you know the game came out arms came out in like june 2017 so when do you think you were like starting to get plugged into the discord servers and starting to actually like interact with the community at large when well you know when did that kind of start maybe like three four five six months in i can't okay. really remember i don't have an accurate time yeah no no problem yeah, it's it's a little foggy i understand <laughs> and so i mean i can imagine though it, especially if you weren't there from because i know that even the community was going before the game came out and joining in a little bit later mm-hmm. and sort of i mean i think around that time even then i think that you were already sort of known as one of the, the best players in north america so like you know dealing mm-hmm. with getting into the community at first already having sort of a reputation and i completely agree it's difficult to um kind of handle the pressure because people do start looking at you different when you sort of you know are are known Mm -hmm. as one of the best players and you certainly were early on and i think that it does follow the trend of people either want to they either want to get the most out of you um and or they want to beat you and you they start like looking at you sort of as a person in some regards right you're just like a mm-hmm. a, a challenge to overcome um mm-hmm. which which can be really uh difficult i mean i mean do you do you um do you think that that also happened to you like did you start looking at other people like differently as well um at you know other <laughs> players 
I mean, one of the, one of the things um, about like that whole aspect of you know when I was really popular in the community was like because that was the first time I was dealing with like semi-fame and I still didn't know how to like interact with people too much and mm-hmm. stuff like that because you know like there's a lot, like a lot of things that I'm not you know as proud of especially when it comes to like you know with when you're like up there it's like you have so much pressure and like stress that you have to deal with and all the times I just like either lashed out or like you know took it out on other people and stuff like that like I know for like a good example it's just like my relationship with you you know back in the day you remember a lot of times i'd like be like yo let's keep fighting let's <laughs> yeah. keep fighting yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> practice with me like no i have to get better i'm not doing good enough yeah. i need to like learn how to like beat this freaking clap back you know yeah no i <laughs> i remember that though i remember like our discussions um was like they were like that where it like it seemed you had like sort of almost this impulse where like you felt like if you didn't overcome like um, certain loadouts or certain characters that like that was all you were focused on and it, mm-hmm. I could definitely like I, I could see that and you know I, I understand sort of I and I also at that point even though like I was like man like Gore is like really like he's he's like too far in I could understand <laughs> in terms of yeah. you had so much riding on you with like you were sort of in the the you know you were yeah, you were the, in the limelight it's also a mix of like you know, I couldn't particularly afford to not be able to overcome because if I didn't overcome it, then people would start using it. They'd start beating me with it. I'd like, you know, everything would go into shampoo. So it's just yeah. a, a mix of like multiple factors that, you know, influence that. But at the same time, like I said, like, you know, it's just, you know, a lot of things that like happen at the same time. And, you know, at, at that time and when it came to like the, the community and stuff, you know, some of the stuff I just... You know, I felt like I was able to reflect on because I didn't feel like I was maybe like as good of a person as I should have been, especially with, like some people or like certain scenarios and things like that. So mm. I could at least look look back and admire that, you know, you know, that I could grow from that and like grow as a person. Like I'd like to believe it at least, that, you know, I'm able to like handle myself and stress better and like handle, you know, those type of things and just not have to worry about lashing out or like you know reacting in those type of ways with people yeah well i mean it'll certainly a crash course because i i mean i don't think i think arms i know you, you we had talked about earlier how you you played like black ops right um earlier but i feel mm-hmm. like this might have i mean was it was this sort of like the first big scale like competitive game that you were involved with i mean i did play some competition in on black ops but at the same time it's like i'd say like shooting games and like fighting game communities are like different mm-hmm. monsters oh yeah in a way because the fighting game community especially like when it's a one-on-one you know a lot of time when shooting games we're like oh my teammates you know it's like my teammates for hard like they didn't do this but well, if when it's a like, one-on-one fighting game, it's like you have pretty much nobody to blame but yourself yeah exactly and like, the person so in like smash bros or arms or any other fighting game like instead of being like oh it was my teammates or our communication between each other just wasn't you know on point today basically when you mm-hmm. when you are bad at a fighting game you you're basically saying to yourself wow i guess i just suck like me as a person like i'm just bad yeah. <laughs> like, and, and, and and like yeah since you have those two options for me like with that much pressure i pretty much resorted to both of them for something to be like wow i'm doing horrible and like i like lash out on myself and at the same time i like be upset with like the individual something like oh you're doing like you're so cheap and like it's just a clap back like yeah. you're taking cobra <laughs> yes you're, yeah. using, you're using the bird sharks against this helix i can't do anything i can't move you know it's just like the frustration builds up sometimes and so it's like i'm glad i was able to 
to kind of move back past that. At least, you know, I think I did. Yes. Yeah. I'm very grateful for that. And I'm also, like, grateful for you because you had, like, a lot of patience and, like, a lot of forgiveness, you know, when it came to me. And it's just, like, I'm, I'm very happy that you were able to... Because, you know, like, I can't, I can't blame, like, people for, like, because there's people who got upset with me and, like, you know, they disconnected themselves from me. It's like, you know, but that's reasonable. I can understand why they did that. But you... You know, you stick around, you had, like, patience, even, you know, despite all the, all the hardships, so it's something I appreciate. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly, I've talked, I remember, I've talked to my wife about this as well, and she's, like, always said, you know, mm -hmm. you, you forgive people, like, maybe when you shouldn't, and I think, like, to a certain <laughs> extent, I do, but it's also the fact of, I especially, you know, in, in my relationship with you, like, I could see from your perspective of, you didn't really have a, a support system in place. It was sort of like you didn't have a lot of people you could go to to talk about some of the struggles you were having at the competitive side of the game. Mm -hmm. And without that support system and sort of being this community figure, um, you do have a lot of pressure riding on you. And I understood that. Mm -hmm. I wanted to just sort of like be there to help you. And even when you know you lashed out at me at certain points, like I understood that it was coming from a place of frustration and it wasn't really directed at, at me necessarily, like me as a person. Mm -hmm. It was sort of that competitive aspect of the game. And mm -hmm. I, I never really took it, you know, to heart. And I, I certainly am glad that, you know, it definitely seems now, um, especially even I think towards the end of your arms, you know, when you were still playing events, you seemed more at peace with how things were going. Like, like you seemed mm -hmm. to be able to handle if um, if yeah. you were not doing well or you you lost in a tournament. Yeah. I think that you yeah. still I, were at peace. After a, yeah, after a certain point, I guess I just stopped caring. Yeah. And especially, especially like, it also helped because I think, like, I stopped, like, you know, the sponsorship. I, I left the sponsorship, and it's like, there wasn't, like, as much weight, mm -hmm. like, on me. Yeah. And it's like, then I have to worry about making sure that, like, I'm not wasting their money, and that, like, I'm, you know, putting on a good image, that I'm, like, you know, doing all that stuff. So it's just, like, I'm like, okay, I have literally no reason to try so hard. I could, like, just relax a little bit. Like, I'll still do my best, but it's, like, I'm not, like, for pressured or like borderline like forced to like give everything my all and like expend like all my energy yeah up there, you know? definitely i mean i yeah. i think i've always thought of like you know in terms of tournament play like you know the worst thing that can happen is that i lose this tournament and then like mm -hmm. okay if people stop like um admiring me or caring about me like that's not a big deal i mean uh, you know honestly mm -hmm. like i don't know a lot of these people anyways to a very personal level so it's like as long as the people that i still care about the most in my life are still there for me which they definitely will either way um it doesn't really matter what happens in like certain tournaments or like yeah. the outcome of things you know as i think having i think having like sort of an apathetic approach to either sports or competitive gaming obviously or anything in life like is honestly healthy mm -hmm. like i think understanding that if things don't go perfectly and if things don't go well sometimes that um mm -hmm. in the long run things will still work out for you like life is still going to go on and you're still going to get back up and as long as you keep mm -hmm. going at it things will go okay i think that's like a really important aspect for people to get in their heads you know at, least, mm -hmm. <laughs> at any point in life you know is certain mm -hmm. sort of understand that having a healthy dose of apathy is good for you yeah and, and as for me um when it comes to the support system thing I wouldn't say I didn't have one. I probably had like a handful of like friends and family mm -hmm. that were like there supporting me and stuff. I think it's just more of like I didn't know how to deal with the situations I was being put in or like communicate correctly. Yeah. You know, about like how I was feeling or how to properly like let like let it all out. 
yeah so sometimes especially like i feel bad like you know sometimes like with my parents like they'd like try to help out and like give advice and stuff like that and i'd be like no just let me do my own thing just go uh, over and like, don't bother me like and i'm like ah oh. because <laughs> i know like how much like they supported me and they cared about me it's just like stuff like that like i feel awful about you know it's just horrible yeah it's like because a lot of times you know whenever it's like things like get super super stressed out and my like inclinations to just be like just you know leave me alone please just like don't you know i know what i'm doing i could just you know because i could be very stubborn and hard sometimes and just you know that's just how how things worked out which is why you know i wanted to at least learn from that experience and minimize the amount of times that i end up doing that to like the people i care about and yeah things like that it, well, yeah, and it's also hard, even if you have a, a small support system. Like, I feel like when I was playing ARMS competitively, I did have a couple people in the community that sort of understood all of the all of the things that came with playing a game competitively as well as I did. So they could relate to me on that level. But with, like, my friends or family, like my parents, for instance, like, yeah, they don't they don't understand. Like, they can be supportive, but they don't understand the same levels of what, it, what it's like to be on the inside of a scene like that, um, you know, mm -hmm. at the same level. So it's hard for them, even, like, the people closest to you to necessarily relate to you um and mm. kind of understand what's going through your head you know you don't you don't look at it the yeah. same way it, it can very well seem like like this game or this tournament is all that all that you care about or all that's important right now mm -hmm. and no one else can necessarily see that unless they've been involved in a similar um, yeah. scene yeah, especially when people aren't like literate when it comes to gaming and they don't understand like the nuances or the facets of like you know how different things work you know what i mean mm -hmm. especially like things like that they might not know how like it could impact you how a game like you know even like they understood like the general basics of how the game worked and like they have like a general idea of how arms work because it's you know with all respects it's like pretty easy to like learn and get into yeah but it's like there's just a lot like but underneath the surface to also like you know there's things that play there as well so. yeah and i i guess going on from from there um i want to also talk about like when you look back at at your time in the community like what were some of the highlight moments or, or experiences that you had while playing arms uh just the entire community in general it was great to like meet everybody and like talk to them and see their personalities and how all that went you know resolve when i met him he's funny he was a great guy you know he was always like smiling and laughing and he had like funny funny facial expressions we had like <laughs> awesome memes yeah 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 awesome <laughs> and that you you know because you were always very wholesome and things like that you know people like poppy or you know uh, trap lord because mm -hmm. like, i remember for like nec i ended up like i think it was like a defaults tournament i ended up like playing him in the finals and it was just like you know it was it was a nice time it was you know oh busta was also a great person he like dedicated a lot of time to the scene and like helping people out yeah you know just like the community like you know physically being there and like the camaraderie was very nice mm -hmm. and of course like evo japan which is like you know it sucks that like i ended up like losing and like getting second place but it was nice to know that, like basically everybody from like the u.s was like cheering me on and yeah, so was, yeah. Like, <laughs> i remember it will probably you have to like find it somewhere but this is one picture of like resolve like jumping and like screaming <laughs> <laughs> during like evo and it's just like his mouth is like wide open yeah it's, like it was such it was such like a huge tense moment to like you know finally have like me go against like pega for the first time yeah especially oh, because it's huge. like 
especially because like, like I was in the losers bracket, so I had to fight like Chateau, and then I ended up like beating Chateau, and then I had to fight Coup, and then I ended up beating Coup. Yeah. And it's like finally, like back to back to back, I had to fight <laughs> Pega. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so it was for just like, so it for was listeners, crazy. it was crazy, and for listeners who might not understand what we're kind of talking about, um, like we're just kind of talking about some of the larger tournaments that he played in. I mean, Evo Japan 2018 had a, had a lot of people attending that tournament and a lot of people like watching also the, the Evo that we had in the U S as well, which I think you're referring to when you fought Pega cause you fought Pega at both tournaments. Um, but sort of like the, the experience of um, playing in those large scale tournaments and having like, those were like the most, uh, the most notoriety that the scene had at the time and the most most eyes on it watching you know um i mean there's also like the u.s canada open that we played in and stuff like that and i guess that kind of goes into the next question i wanted to talk about was like when you look back at sort of your legacy that you left in the arm scene and like i know that there are a lot of instances where it seems like you were you didn't get the results or like the placement that you wanted in some of these tournaments but looking back do you feel Mm -hmm. like content with, with what you kind of were able to accomplish to some degree, I do feel some sort of like regret slash remorse, and just like, wow, you know, maybe I could have done a little bit better. Not only just like both in in the tournament placement aspect, but also just like you know, personality wise, character wise, how I could have like reacted or like you know, you know, talked to certain people sometimes. But mm-hmm. at at the same time, I am like proud of what I accomplished because you know, like. Even if, you know, I don't have to be, like, the very best or I don't have to, like, always get first and everything. I'm, like, proud of that I was able even to make it that far or, like, that I was even invited to the first, you know, in the first place. And I was even, you know, able to have such a good time being among, like, so many great people and such a good community. I was able to, like, you know, make people happy, you know, because, you know, it, it's a bit of a dichotomy because on one hand, it's, like... I feel horrible sometimes for like some of like the reactions and stuff like that but on the other hand especially because like you know to independent and stuff like that i'd have like lots of cute and adorable fans that like, give me like yeah. art and like gifts and like it's like wow like i'm also making people happy people look up to me people like mm-hmm. you know and it's like you know and, like it's that duality kind of gets to me because it's like you know maybe sometimes i feel like maybe i'm being a bit too harsh on myself but at the same time i want like you know be a good person so it's like my fans have a reason to to look up to me and to like see me as like somebody to look up to yeah so it's 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 a bit of both like regret but also like happiness that i was able to to accomplish something mm. yeah i mean I, and i've spoken this uh with this to a lot of people talking about how in the grand scheme of things like the legacy that you leave in your gaming career isn't necessarily the tournament placements that like people are going to remember about like a lot of these tournament results even now they seem foggy in our minds but it's it is sort of like the interactions you had with like fans or or people um that you got to know and those like one-on-one memories or like funny moments that you had at like offline tournaments that you're able to go to like those i think are the things that stick out and I, I'm really honestly glad to hear from you that like you're sort of content and, and looking back with a fondness on your career. Cause I know that you were mm-hmm. very competitively focused when you were playing in these tournaments, but you know, I think mm-hmm. looking back, it's good to see um, and have this sort of like pride and appreciation for what you were able to accomplish in that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, yeah, for me, the way I see it, it's like, like, you know, like you mentioned, I've grown a bit more apathetic. So in that sense, I could be a bit like, I feel like I could look back and be like, you know, like, 
at the end of the day, like, not that, like, nothing matters, but it's, like, I'm, like, you know, I did what I did, and, like, I'm very content with as far as I was able to make it, you know, it was mm-hmm. a good experience, because, I mean, people would die to be able to, like, visit Japan, and I want to, like, you know, feel like, because there's, like, the people who are, like, if you got second place or third place, it's like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm awful. And then everybody else who's like below them, they're like, well, if you're not good, then like, you must be, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it's yeah. like, I don't want to be the type of person where it's like, I take that for granted or that I don't acknowledge. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. I want to be able to like fully acknowledge and be like, wow, you know, I was blessed. I was gifted. And, you know, in that sense, and I was granted such a great opportunity multiple times. And I wanted to, you know, to look back, you know, with fondness, even though there were some things I could have done better. You yeah. Know, like I learned, I learned from it and I grow and I, you know, I just keep on moving on. And I try to look back with that with, with, with a happiness in my heart, I suppose. Yeah. Well, and that, that's, that's awesome. And I mean, were there, I guess talking about um, where there's specific moments that you remember, like people reaching out to you or certain things that really helped you maybe change your perspective or get over certain hurdles that you faced during that time. Yeah, I feel like, you know, both me seeing like the consequences of my actions, both good and bad, like how I mentioned, like the fans, like, you know, giving me gifts and stuff like that, or just like seeing how, you know, some relationships with the people in the community weren't like going so well. And I was like, you know, negatively hurting some people sometimes or yeah. things like that, like seeing the, the like consequences of my actions, you know, kind of like helps mark me as well as like, you know, conversations with you or other people, you know, that were like heartfelt, like, hey, like, you know, just like that could help me like air my heart out or like vent out. And then, you know, I was able to like, you know, take a step back and like look at like how I was acting and what I was doing. Like, oh, okay, you know, you have a point, you know, I should, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So it's not, I wouldn't say it was like one overall moment, but just a combination of that as well as like the multiple. Like there was like, you know, you, radio, you know, there was, you know, lots of people that I impacted. Like I know there was like a Sophia and like Blast or like Steelhead and stuff yeah. like that, you know, like Hanukkah Jamboree, Busta again, you know, just like a lot of people, you know, some of the conversations were good, some of them were bad, but like I felt like I learned from them. Yeah. So, yeah. that you bring up a good point i mean there might not have been like a, a a certain defining moment but i guess the kindness that people show you uh just in general or like i remember when we had some really late night conversations as well about some of this stuff at times like i remember talking to you at like two or three in the morning on some some school nights of just like talking about your frustrations or like upcoming tournaments i remember there was a couple times where like you were about to fly off to like another local and just like sort of you know your anxieties and and your nerves that were hitting you hard and just sort of like how you cope with that. And yeah. I, I guess, I mean, I guess you were always pretty transparent with the community about like your fears and stuff, but mm-hmm. I, to another uh, regard, a lot of the people, you know, a lot of the people that we look up to, not just in, you know, there's like celebrities as well. Like you don't understand the struggles that they're having internally because they don't necessarily always show that there's a lot going on behind the scenes that, you know, that others aren't going to, mm-hmm. aren't going to know. And it, it, it's, it can be really rough from um, even like, you know, people might think you have it all together or you have the best, you know, you're like one of the best players and you have all this going for you, but still behind the scenes, it's, you're still dealing with the same else's, you know, you don't have the luxury of being immune to these things. I feel like a lot of people have like the tendency to have like, they associate themselves with people who are like, you know, 
seen as like good or like above average or like you know in that sense it's like oh they don't have any reason to like be upset or stressed or bad i mean like they're good look at what they're doing look at where they're going and stuff like that and it's like it's true you know and that's why too like like i said before i want to be able to like not take advantage of that and to like be grateful for that experience but at the same time at the moment there's also like multiple different things that are going on you know that might not apply in a certain way no, I, that makes sense. I think, I think it does. And yeah. I, I guess um, from your perspective, then what are what are some of the qualities or characteristics that you think like that um, the, the players that are able to get to the top? Like, what are some of the characteristics you think they have that, you know, the others don't? Or what, what do you think creates like a top player for a game? A lot of patience, perseverance, um, motivation, mm-hmm. drive, you know? The ability, a sense of apathy, the ability to just like shrug things off and like, yeah. be determined, and you know stuff like that. Wanting to like ask questions and learn like, how to get better, and you know to not get frustrated or upset if things aren't going well, or you know uh, to not be stubborn to like make changes or to like adapt your play style if you have to. Things like that. Like you have to do what you have to do to win, and but at the same time, you know. I think, I think personality matters a lot too. Like how, how you handle yourself, how you handle your interaction with other mm-hmm. people. So I, I, I agree. I think I think uh, yeah. how you how you talk to people or how you view other people. Like if you are also giving other players, even if they're, if you know, like if you understand that you you can beat a person like 100 percent of the time, or like you're higher skill than someone, at least having that same level of respect of you know treating them like a person and they, they have mm-hmm. they're just like you and still being able to to acknowledge that i think that goes a long way in terms of um mm-hmm. it it makes you in a way like it gives you that sort of wholesomeness or like that, that characteristic that allows you to sort of get through tough times and get yeah yeah and, and, and- and I'd say something important is like to strive to do better, but to not strive to be perfect mm-hmm. or the best. Because it's like, you know, because that could like overwhelm you and that could just basically take up all of your thought process and all of your day. So it's like, you know, some people like, you know, like me, like I ended up being like above average or really good or however you want to see it. But, you know, I, I wouldn't say I was the best. I'd still say Pega was like great. So or like the other, you know, Kuhn and Chateau and stuff like that. I'd say they're above me, but, you know, and, you know, that's just where I landed and obviously I do my best to, you know, to improve where I can and to maybe, you know, here and there to take victories and stuff like that. But some other people, you know, they might end up above me, they might end up below me. And, like, regardless of where you end up, you have to have a mix of, like, acceptance of, like, okay, this is where I'm at. And to just be happy with that, but while also striving to improve and get better, you know, little by little or however way you can without stressing about, like, oh, it's not good enough because, like, Pretty much everybody feels like yeah. they're not good enough, but they need to do better, and they need to do more. They need to do more. So it's just like you know, being able to accept where you are. Because something that like kind of saddened me a little bit was that like a few people throughout my time in the community, they like come to me and like they'd I'd give them tips and help them, and you know they strive to do better, and they like you know. Like, I would beat them and like other like you know good players of the community would beat them and they would just be frustrated because it's like I'm not getting better or like I'm not doing good like I'm not as good as you guys and they'd be like sad and upset and it's like at that point I felt like I didn't know what to do or how to help them so it's like for them it's like they felt so dissatisfied with being where they're at so it's like I say like you have to accept and be willing to you know acknowledge you know like where you are without particularly giving up you know it's like I, I, I want 
people can see the improvement and the growth is like a bonus and it's uh-huh. extra as opposed to like uh, as opposed to like an accessory like i need to get better i need to be like the best yeah. stuff like that you know yeah i think i mean i think you can yeah. put a lot of good practices in place like having the right mindset having the right approach to when you play focusing on learning new things or focusing on you know, harnessing or growing in a certain area and if you make like learning the focus and you have winning or getting better as a consequence of that, that's the best mindset you can have, you know, like making, making just improving what you want to do. Um, and if you <laughs> lose and if you win, that will happen. And, you know, obviously it can be disappointing or really um, fulfilling when that does work out, but you can't control it. You know, you can only do what you can. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like people should just be able to have like a good conscience of knowing like, okay, I did what I can, you know, and I, yeah. I did my best and I end up where I end up, you know, and to not like let them consume, not let that consume. I agree. You know? And well, well, thank you um, for, for talking about that with us. And <laughs> I think, you know, as we sort of are wrapping up um, the show, is there anything that you kind of want to, you know, you, I know you haven't really communicated with the armed community a lot. So if there's anything you want to, you know, tell the community or any shout outs or anything you want to give, um, you know, absolutely. You have the, you have the floor. Um, I, I'm not sure I have like any shadows or anything like that in specific. I've, I've always been like, kind of, like being <laughs> no creative or, or saying things on, or saying things on the spot, but, uh, you know, just in general that I, I do enjoy the community and I'm happy for, you know, my entire experience in the community, both the good and the bad, because I feel like I was able to grow and learn from everything. And I still look back with the community with a fondness and I do appreciate and like love everybody. And I do mean everybody, even the people who, you know, I, I, I really yeah. get along with so well. I do appreciate what I was, what I was able to you know, mm-hmm. get from them. And just, yeah, I just, I just want to be able to, you know, not particularly move on because that's always going to be a part of me, but I want to, like, you know, know that, like, I don't have any, like, ill will against anybody. I, I'm, like, very, you know, like, I'm very content and happy with with everybody in the community, and I just want to be able to, you know, leave, you know, all of that mm-hmm. behind me in a way. Like, not, like, like actually, but, like, leave, you know, like, all, like, the negativity or stuff like that in the past and just be like, hey, you know, like... I'm very grateful for for the experience. Yeah. Together. No, I, I mean, I think I think you said it well in terms of. I think just like you're you're happy with the time that you had, and you kind of understand that that part that that time period is sort of over now. And and uh, you know, I think that especially with going into law school, you know, we certainly radio myself wish you the best with that and what you have upcoming and. We're just really, um, yeah, and we're just really thankful that we were able to kind of talk talk to you about this and sort of have a retrospect of of your time in the community and sort of your rise to sort of you know the fame in there and kind of learn um, an inside perspective from you. And you know, we're really glad that you you were Mm -hmm. able to be on the show and also just to have you on as sort of our our season finale wrapping up in terms of yeah, (laughs) you know, we're really really thankful radio that you want to do you want to say anything or add anything actually there was one memory in particular that i remember specifically with gore um and it's whenever <laughs> okay. i think we were labbing lockjaw um and this whenever i had like my first like real love with uh, actually using it and gore was <laughs> using them on both arms he was like uh we were in a lobby with some people and um 
I remember, you know, uh, there was like a little bit of trash talk going on in there. But um, I do remember like some guys being like, why would you use double heavies? And he's like, yeah, how do you feel having four heavies coming at you? (laughs) (laughs) I remember that as well, actually. That was a fun time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that that was a good memory. That was funny. Yeah, that was like right when the last like content update the game got and everyone was like experimenting with Dr. Coil and the new mm-hmm. arms and it was like it was like this really <laughs> hectic time period in the game because everyone was figuring out what to use for like upcoming tournaments and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I rem- yeah, and just with radio in general, I remember having like good memories of him and like playing with him often. He was like a genuine guy and like always very happy and like he was you know, usually pretty much always there for me. So I was, I appreciated his presence, you know, cause he's pretty much, you know, I, I don't remember ever having any bad experience with him. So I, I appreciate oh, you. Oh, really. yeah. Love you too, man. Yeah. That's why, well, that's why we're, <laughs> we're, we're starting a show about wholesomeness. So <laughs> <laughs> we, we, this is have, just a beginning. We couldn't have picked a better deal. Yeah, no, this is, <laughs> I mean, we, we have, a, we have a lot of excitement, yeah. exciting, uh, people, um, you know, hopefully lined up for the next season excited to continue um exploring like different aspects of just kind of honestly mm-hmm. i mean i feel like a lot of you know in retrospect of what we've done in this first season it's been a lot of like exploring just the struggles of life and how to deal with the external and internal pressures that you know you have when you're when you're doing something mm-hmm. like playing a competitive game you know there's a lot that goes on that isn't talked about yeah. a lot and mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, um, well, thank you again. And guys, uh, everyone listening, um, you know, thank you for listening to this first season. And we're really excited for what we have coming. And um, we, we hope you have a, a great evening or day or whatever time of day it is you're listening to this. So have, have a good one and we'll see you in season two. Wholesome Transmissions is hosted by me, Pineapple Freak, and Radio. Our editing is done by Radio myself and Radio does the production. Special thanks to Griffical for our logo design and scrimps for the music that we use on the show. Also, we'd like to give a special shout out to all our listeners this season. Thank you so much for supporting our show by listening and for um, tuning in. We're really excited for what we have in our second season, and we're going to be off for a few months until that happens. Check out our Twitter at WholesomeFM for updates on what's going to be coming, and we're really excited to branch out into some new communities next season. Arms nice.